we're at the uh, various medical centers in the area. And then, uh, so that's one effort that they're doing. And then they, along with um, City, uh, City Greens uh, on Manchester have sponsored some baskets or some food baskets for folks in the neighborhood. So anyone who's interested in participating in any of those, I would encourage you to check in with Park Central. And of course, there's going to be lots of people in need right now in St. Vincent de Paul is uh, uh, always been very active down at St. Cronin's and they run a, a food bank and a utility service down there. So, um, you know, any of you who are fortunate to still have a job and still working and everything, you might consider uh, those things. Um, with regard to what the city's doing, Vince, um, I don't know if you can, can, I'm sorry, I got on here a little bit late. Uh, let's see, maybe I can. Does that, okay, I think I turned on my video. I guess, are you, I guess you have uh, controls. If I put something up to share, uh, I have a mayor's report that goes through all the things that are going on in the city. Sure. I can try to skim through that, but I don't know if there's a, a way of sharing the screen or not. So you have it on your screen, right? Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna stop sharing and I believe you should be able to share. Okay. And let's see if I can't find. Give me just a second here. I put all this stuff on my desktop so I could get at it right away. Okay, so I have it on my desktop. Now if I can figure out how to share it so everybody can see it. So if you go to Zoom, there should be something just at the bottom of the share screen. Nice green arrow right in the middle. There you go. It's coming up. Everybody see that? Yeah. Um, I'll try to manipulate that the best I can. Um, so, um, this was the 30 day report. So this is a couple days old, um, kind of walk through, um, the department of health acted swiftly in declaring a public emergency on March 13th. They've issued seven emergency orders that remain in effect. Um, the mayor has been calling, um, having calls for the aldermen three nights a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I've been able to sit in on most of those, and uh, has been kind of updating us. Uh, we have a chance to visit with the director of health on those calls, and um, they're obviously sharing, I guess, what their strategies are. Um, this is some of the things that they discuss. Um, the stay-at-home order, they think they're extending that probably for another couple of weeks. They think they're going to peak middle of this week, and they need to have 14 days after the peak. So it'll probably, it'll probably be close to mid-May before there's any hope of them lift, lifting the order. There's now five testing sites in the city. As of, this is as of Thursday of last week when they prepared this. One of them, uh, in case people aren't aware, is over... Um, you know, in the Cortex area behind the BJC building there near Newstead. Um, so we have five testing sites. Getting tests is still a very big challenge and um, uh, it's taking up a lot of time. 
Uh, I think most people agree that we need to have widespread testing before we actually open up. We still do not have adequate tests in St. Louis, and there are many people who would like to be tested who are not being tested. Uh, they have strict re requirements on who can be tested. Um, one of the big issues that has been coming up has been the uh, whole issue of uh, the homelessness for those of you who have um, been following this downtown. They have uh, created a, a bit of a, an encampment along Market Street, near, actually fairly, uh, not Market, excuse me, it's uh, um, along ch between Chestnut, yeah, between Chestnut and Market. And um, uh, the uh, National Center for Disease Control recommends not displacing homeless camp encampments during the pandemic because of uh, the risk of spreading disease. Um, traditionally, the city has about, or I shouldn't say the city, the region has about 1,500 people pretty much year in and year out who are not um, housed. Most of these people choose to uh, not participate in the shelters that are available. Um, uh, many of the people are, you know, either have drug addictions or mental illness. It's very hard to, to engage. And therefore, um, um, you know, we will see a pickup in the wintertime at the shelters. But throughout the year, you know, the, uh, particularly when the weather's better, th there's just pretty much year in and year out, about 1,500 people in that, that census, they take that once a year, and that has remained relatively steady. What has happened now, though, is, is those who choose to participate in the shelter, or, or um, the social distancing ish, uh, uh, concerns has been such that uh, the, uh, the number of people that can be accommodated in the shelters has been roughly reduced uh, to half. So they've gone out and picked up uh, on an emergency basis an additional 200 shelter beds and they're working on more because they feel that there may be a real push with, with um, you know, after the courts start hearing and you have evictions, you know, we're probably 30 or 60 or 90 days away from this, but there's going to be a, a much higher demand for a lot of the social services. Um, and so that's, um, they're trying to prepare and get out in front on that. So uh, there's active uh, groups that are meeting on that topic, both governmental and um, um, social service groups. Um, let's see what else we have here. I'm sorry, I kind of skipped through too quickly here. Um, uh, you know, there's been a, I'm just pretty impressed. I, I get it secondhand, but uh, well, I, I get it from a couple directions secondhand from some of the area hospitals, as well as from the mayor and the uh, health department. But the coordination between all of the um, area hospitals and the uh, regional governments has been, I just, I, in my opinion, very, uh, very impressive. St. Charles, St. Louis County and St. Louis City have been moving pretty much in lockstep. And the uh, three leaders of those uh, political jurisdictions have been in close communication with each other. And uh, working closely with the heads of the area medical centers. Um, talk about the parks, committed to um, keeping more than 100 parks open to the public. Probably one of the biggest uh, complaints that I pick up on lately has been uh, uh, people violating the uh, um, 
uh, staying off the playgrounds, particularly with the new one over at Shoto Park. The, the parks department has gone out and put up uh, tape around the parks, uh, playgrounds, trying to discourage those. Those technically are closed right now, but um, uh, that is probably one of the most violated um, of the um, social distancing um, rules that have come out. Um, the, the filling the void in the school system for the lunches when they close the schools, many many of the school children, the the lunch program has been one of their few areas of of you know getting a stable stable and solid meal every day, and so when they close the schools, that deprived a lot of kids of that. So there's been a real rush on. And uh, they provided, as of last week, over 80,000 free lunches to the school kids to try to replicate or, or replace the lunches that weren't available um, when they closed the school. Um, city, uh, you know, the staff at the city has been cut back. Uh, Non-critical people have been um, permitted to um, either take time off, work from their homes. Critical people, they've gone through a variety of different strategies to, to alternate so that they don't affect, you know, a whole department all at once. Um, many of the school, uh, many of the uh, public buildings are open uh, still um, to the public. However, uh, typically you're going to have your temperature taken or something before you get into it. I'm kind of trying to hit these. Um, let's see what else is. You know, there obviously I uh, should have started out by saying this at the beginning. We want to thank all the emergency room workers, all the healthcare workers, all the people that we take for granted in the grocery stores, the 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 restaurants that are going, and you know, all the people that are trying to keep this together for us. It's uh, um, there are obviously a lot of people taking a great deal of risk. We thank all of those. Hopefully, all of you are staying home and being healthy as well. Um, the uh, city is obviously very concerned about our first responders, uh, the police and uh, fire and others who are out providing services for everyone. Uh, and they've been um, given priority for the personal protective equipment that I'm sure you're all reading about with the shortages that are going on there. Uh, of course, the business community has been really hurt. St. Louis Development Corporation is the arm of city government that provides emergency service uh, or uh, uh, provides uh, uh, services targeted to business. They're trying to get jobs and, and economic activity. They have been very active in uh, working with the Small Business Administration and uh, with some of the uh, area banks to provide low-cost loans, zero-interest loans. It's been a big effort if anybody who owns a small business, I'm sure you're aware they have the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, and then they um, they had some other emergency lending programs that the Small Business Administration has been working. South uh, St. Louis Development Corporation, working with the license collector, has gotten, I guess, the contact information for all the businesses in St. Louis and uh, all of them that have emails. They've been emailing them, making them aware of the program, and trying to coordinate with them, you know, to preserve the, as many businesses and jobs as we can in the city. Um, um, and then, um, you know, the, the city has been attempting to, or has uh, released the, uh, uh, all those who, the, the 
I guess what, what's the possible uh, the positive cases, the people who tested positive, they've released that by both age, race, gender, and zip code. And uh, unless you haven't been reading the paper or seen the news for the last few days, uh, it's becoming very, very clear nationally uh, throughout the whole country, but certainly here in St. Louis as well. There's a, uh, it's kind of uh, putting a spotlight on a glaring disparity uh, in healthcare um, based on, on race. And of course, in St. Louis here, we have a far disproportionate share of the uh, positive cases are, are in uh, zip codes that are predominantly African-American. And uh, it's just one more example of the disparity that exists in our country today. Um, obviously, uh, they're talking about the health department mayor aggressively pursuing a, a additional test kits and supplies to expand and deploy testing capabilities. Everything you see on CNN or any of the national news, it's very much the same here. We have, you know, real shortages for testing. And the general's concern, uh, consensus, consensus and concern is, is that we probably can't really begin opening up the, the economy again until we have adequate testing to go ahead and really identify kind of preemptively as opposed to right now what we're doing is we're doing kind of reactively. Somebody comes in, they say that they, you know, they have symptoms that might, uh, might be the uh, virus and then they will get tested at that point. The problem is, is, is they need to be proactively testing to see how many people have actually been infected. And we are, you know, at least several weeks away from that, from everything that I can determine. And um, hopefully the testing um, capacity is growing. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Um, so, so Joe, there's no timeline on when as far as Tesco, we that, that no, we're they, aware of. No, I you know I mean, they uh, at our meetings with the mayor and the director of health, they have no more information than what you're getting on the general news. So when you, you know, as uh, I guess yesterday they came out with a home test, something for the first home test, so that you can administer it. But just because the test has been approved, it may be, you know, it's going to be a couple weeks at least before they could, you know, get get that up to the point where, you know, the, the production and everything, and they can actually get that out in the field. So um, I think that's probably been the, the biggest disappointment uh, and, and the, probably the biggest hurdle that we've had is getting ad adequate testing, that along with the personal protective equipment. Um, you know, obviously, or I shouldn't say obviously, but certainly an element of the disparity they feel is, is the um, inadequate um, communication with some of the you know, lower income areas. Obviously, income uh, correlates um, very positively with, you know, access to information, computers, internet, and so forth. So there is a, a lot of effort um, and trying to go ahead and figure out novel ways to communicate in the, in the less affluent areas where, you know, we're seeing higher infection rates. Uh, our neighborhood, our, our recent neighborhood addition, the Missouri Foundation of Health, if people are unfamiliar with what they do, 
they they were created as a result of the sale of Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was a non-for-profit, to a for-profit. The money that was raised from that created an endowment. And that endowment is the Missouri Foundation of Health, which is now headquartered in, in Forest Park Southeast area. And they fund a lot of these health initiatives, and they are very instrumental now in funding the initiative to uh, communicate uh, and, and set up some of the testing sites in some of our lower income areas. Um, let's see, uh, talk more about the expanded sheltering. I mean, that's, that's gonna be a really hot issue. A lot of people are very concerned about that. Um, I'm gonna come back and talk a little bit more about the budget. Um, there's, uh, the, we have, uh, there's a mental health board that a portion of everyone's taxes, uh, when you pay your real estate taxes, a portion of your real estate taxes funds the mental health board. Um, and that mental health board has, I guess, in the city about a $13 million budget. Much of that budget is traditionally spent on homeless services because I mean, many of the people needing the homeless services are, are uh, have mental health issues. So they, they refer to it as a continuum of care. And so obviously, um, you know, the, in this case, it's going to, you know, the stress of the situation is going to end up expanding. We anticipate, um, um, you know, you have your traditional mental health uh, issues with people who are homeless, but then, you know, this, this will provide all kinds of additional stress and other issues. So they're looking to expand those services probably a little bit outside of their traditional areas. Um, more discussion here, 100 billion. I think most of this rest of this stuff is kind of somewhat covered in some way other. We've had several elections. That's obvious a hot topic too. Uh, MSD was supposed to have uh, a rate hike election and that's been postponed. And who knows what's going to happen with these elections there. Um, you know, we're supposed to have an August primary election for Democrats and Republicans here in the state. I know that the Democratic National Convention has, at least has gotten postponed. There's still discussion that they may end up canceling that. There, uh, so there's, you know, some municipal, the municipal elections. A lot of that stuff's being decided in the court. Um, I think most of this we call. Um, if you like, Vince, I will go ahead and. Uh, email you a copy of that if you want to post that and send that out to everybody and they can kind of read it at their own leisure. I just wanted to kind of Absolutely. get some higher points then. Um, yeah, the, uh, appreciate that. Um, so let's see, I covered uh, uh, the city budget. I want to just focus a little bit on that. Um, it, this is obviously devastating for the city. The city makes uh, the school just, I know a lot of people, they, they could, Think about city government and everything, it's a lot more complicated, and I think than most people understand or uh, recognize. Um, the city budget, uh, we get most of our money from earnings taxes, our largest source of, of revenue. Real estate taxes is relatively a small source, that's a, that's a fairly stable tax, and that typically goes to the school system. Um, and funds the school system more. And um, 
you know, sales tax is another large thing. So when we see people getting furloughed, we're going to end up with a very, very large budget deficit because of the earnings tax and, of course, the sales tax, which are those are our two largest sources. The um, um, in addition to that, you know, we're having all kinds of additional expenses. To, of course, the city is supposed to balance their budget every year, and we have. Uh, we have just finally, after 2008 and 2009, have finally gotten to the point where we're close to being economically stable. Our source, uh, the city's tax revenue has just been growing anemically. It's, it's just has not grown very fast at all. And we had finally gotten to the point where we had about a 40 or $50 million surplus. And all the development that's been going on in and around, particularly our neighborhoods in the ward here because of Cortex, we have really finally seen some real growth in earnings tax in the last year or two. And we're actually gonna have a, a really good year this year budget-wise. And of course, all that has just gotten wiped out. The city's budget runs from July 1 to June 30th. So we're, uh, we're in the fourth quarter of our budget right now. So the, for, for the city, that would be uh, April, May, June. And then that, you know, that's our fiscal year. So that's when we'll close the books on June 30th. And we're just hemorrhaging money right now. There are two federal programs that are looking to try to help out a little bit. Most of them, most of the money was initially targeted uh, to, um, uh, uh, with very restrictive uses. The uh, first of them that has already been appropriated is block grant money, and uh, that comes through HUDs. Uh, the second uh, area of funding was going to be uh, something that goes up to the state, and then the state will end up uh, cutting that up, we think somewhat proportionately by population, to all the municipalities in the in the state. Um, so between those two, we're thinking that we'll end up getting 30 to $40 million. Uh, there was initially a lot of strings attached to it. In other words, the federal government would tell us, yeah, you get this money, but you know, you have to spend it on X, Y, and Z. That the, uh, today, the Senate agreed, the U.S. Senate agreed on the next round of uh, assistance for small businesses and attached to that is some additional money for hospitals and a number of other programs. So if you want to kind of get an, ins an insight into what the next round's going to look like, that was uh, negotiated today and I think it'll probably end up getting passed in Washington by Thursday. Those monies are going to end up um, um, the Democrats had hoped to have monies for states and municipal governments that would be available for to replace some of the general revenue losses result of the economic slowdown. Most of the money that was previously appropriated was intended to go ahead and, and provide or reimburse us for new costs associated with, um, you know, the virus that, that were not, was not in our budgets. Uh, the Republicans were very resistant to that. And you hate to say it, but you know a lot of this boils down to politics. The the Democrats or the blue states typically have larger cities, and they have been infected and have really kind of uh, probably burned the brunt of the slowdown. The 
you know, red states typically are less populated, uh, typically more rural, rural have uh, had fewer cases and have been very slow to do lockdowns. And as a result of that, you know, you have the Senate kind of saying, do we want to send tax dollars to states and cities that are, you know, larger and more populated? So there's been some skewing of how this benefit, you know, these uh, various uh, uh, incentive uh, or recovery programs have been allocated, but that's been kind of um, uh, the high issue. Uh, today, uh, the Board of Aldermen uh, began our new session today. We're using Zoom as well. And uh, we have, uh, it appears that we'll be creating a special committee that will be handling all the legislation that we'll be ending up probably doing. Uh, it's, it'll be a special committee dealing with uh, the coronavirus. So all the new appropriation bills and any health bills or anything like that that comes down, a lot of times the local governments will have to pass enabling legislation to accept the money from the federal or state government. So we're, we're going to hopefully centralize all that and have a special committee to deal with that. Uh, that was decided today at our, our board meeting. The other issues that are going on, uh, I guess the other... Joe, yeah. Just really quick, I just want to make sure we have time for questions. So is, do, is, do we have like a Maybe this last last issue for you. Okay. Yeah. Great. Last issue is uh, the uh, all the real estate development stuff is just going to be in a state of complete confusion. Uh, I have not had a chance to talk. I've been trying to call a few of the different business owners and developers to just see how they're doing. All of that's in a state of flux right now. I think you'll see a lot of those projects will end up not happening. One that is still moving forward, however, uh, got a picture for you in case you haven't seen this before. Oh, let um, me stop sharing here. There you go. Okay. Be up and ready for you. Uh, it's the uh, Iron Hills development. Um, here we go. And if you haven't seen, shrink that. And this was... Um, we, we're not seeing your screen yet. Oh. Sorry about that. You got a lap. Okay, to you. Go. Well, that's what I've asking if I want to leave the meeting. I'm sorry, I don't know where where your icon went. Um, okay. Maybe. No? It'd be in the, not in the middle there at the bottom of the Zoom window. I shrunk, the, I shrunk the Zoom window so I could find my, but it doesn't want to cooperate. Well, you could you could you could email it to me, and then we could throw it up. On yeah, either way. Line. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I don't. No, not a problem. For some reason, this is not cooperating with me. I can't find it on my screen. Um, well, let me just say that uh, the Iron Hill project is um, at least currently moving forward, and we are um, uh, they were approved by the TIF Commission. For those of you who aren't familiar, 
that is a project that is uh, at Grand and Grand and uh, Shoto, and it's an expensive project when it comes to incentives and everything like that. Uh, it would be, I think, something that you know, if it all comes together, it would be very exciting for your neighborhood over there. They have a couple tenants that that they're you know that have expressed interest in it. It's obviously not public at this time yet, but it would be uh, um, something I think uh, a real amenity for the neighborhood if it moves forward. Uh, we'll know more about that in a in a uh, another month or two, but at least at this point they are um, still moving forward and they got approved last week by the TIF Commission. So I guess that's okay. you know that's it. Um, all, lots of other stuff going on, but I don't want to take up all your time. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll um, we'll look at um, trying to get a development specific update, you know, as this pro progresses, maybe next week or or next, excuse me, next week, next month or something like that. Because definitely, I think a lot of residents are interested to see where the developments are going to be going forward. So, um, but really quick, I wanted to open it up. If anybody has questions, um, please type, let me know, or raise your hand. I can just unmute you to ask your question. Um, I suppose I can start. The one question, um, you mentioned evictions earlier. I just wanted to see if that's something that have, has been put on hold by the, sh I guess the sheriff, is that who does it, or the courts at this point? Yeah, you know, a lot of the courts have slowed down. The, uh, uh, the utility co companies have both uh, Laclee and uh, uh, UE, or Amron, I guess they call themselves now, and it's no longer Laclee, it's Spire. Uh, both of them have agreed to uh, not cut off anybody while all this is going on. And then uh, the sheriff, I think, is holding off on delivering any of the eviction notices. Uh, it's my understanding that that's all kind of stopped and the courts have slowed down. Of course, that's, that's a very temporary type of thing. And at some point, that'll start up again. So you don't want to... Uh, um, you don't, oh, there we, finally, I <laughs> got you back. Um, so, uh, yeah, we finally, uh, so, yeah, that's not going to be, a, obviously, a long-term solution, so. Okay. Um, Mike, uh, we did have a Michael uh, question from Michael Browning um, about, the about the medical marijuana establishment, asking, did they get a license? I believe, I believe so. Right, and now they're just looking to re relocate to to the neighborhood from another neighborhood. Right, we had several applications uh, for medical marijuana uh, to be in the ward. We had several that were wanting to locate in the Farge Park Southeaster Grove area. We had one that I believe ended up at Tom's Bar and Grill. We had a, a number of applications. The one that uh, uh, I had emailed you about, uh, Vince, was one that applied for a location both in the Forest Park Southeast neighborhood and in Lafayette Square. They got selected for Lafayette Square, but not over there. Uh, and they, uh, they asked the state if they could go ahead and uh, uh, flip their location and the state approved that. We, the city took no position on that. I took no position on it. There, in most cases, um, they are subject to the regular zoning uh, uh, requirements that the city has. So there aren't any special zoning requirements and um, therefore um, 
you know, they're going to treat them very much like a neighborhood or, or local business area uh, or business or typical retail establishment. Um, so there may or may not be a an opportunity for the for the neighborhood to respond to them, but um, they have been approved and the state gave them permission to locate over there. And I don't, I can't even tell you what their address is or where they're wanting to go or anything. So, okay. Okay. Any other questions? Um, I think I finally got that. Do you, is everybody seeing that? Did I share that with you all? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they, that's the, uh, that's the place down at uh, Iron Hills down in Shoto and Grand. Okay. I'm a bit more interested and in, I guess we'll do this maybe more extensively uh, in a future meeting, but to, to talk about what um, developments may be on hold or, or where I did share, but I think before you were on, I did share an update from the jury folks that they're holding on any developments new or even existing until they get a little bit more uh, back on their feet. So the hospitality industry is a little back on their feet. So. I know that much, but I'm not sure about the rest. Uh, we did have a question about the Green Street developments, um, if those were going forward. So, I mean, not to take up any more time, but just uh, if we could, I guess, think about sharing that next month where maybe we're at, where we're at as far as uh, all the developments in the neighborhood. Yeah, I, I'll try to make an effort over the next few days to catch up with folks, but there, a lot of them, you know, are uh, Cortex, for example, which always was you thought of as being in great financial situation, they're having real problems right now financially. Um, the much of their revenue has come from parking, and when people aren't showing up to work, there's nobody paying any parking, so you know there's some problems there. I presume most people saw the article today or yesterday, uh, Wash You, which you know, it's kind of hard to imagine, but they're they're furloughing 1,300 people. So uh, obviously there'll be a lot of people impacted in our neighborhoods, um, you know, by that. Okay. All right. I think that about wraps us up. Um, give us your feedback on what you thought about tonight's session or tonight's meeting. Um, any other comments, shoot them over to us. We'll get the agenda. We'll get the slides out. Um, and then Alderman Road, if you could send us over the uh, that report and we can send it out with the slides, that'd be great for everybody to, to look at. So, um, Adelina or Dan, anything else from your end? No? Okay. All right, well, thank you all very much. Um, thank you, Gary, we're happy to do it. Uh, thank you all for joining us this evening. Um, keep in touch, stay healthy, wash your hands, all that good stuff. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Vince, for organizing it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, man. Thank you, Alderman.